Rather than being classified as a black swan, more accurately, the coronavirus is a black elephant. In other words, a risk that everybody knew was probably inevitable, but one that no one wanted to discuss. In addition to a global paralysis of society as we know it, the virus has brought about a change in mindset, a greater dependence on technology, and some welcome relief for the environment. Here, CGC's founding chair, Daniel Fung, analyzes the effects that COVID-19 has had for lawyers and what this might mean geopolitically in terms of a shift in stewardship. For lawyers, if the pandemic persists and if we can't rein it in until 2021, what will the new normal look like for the rest of this year? I think there'll be a sea change in reliance on technology, particularly for communications and conferences, and indeed also for hearings. So as we know, stocks in Zoom have, as it were, Zoomed upwards. And we're likely to see that deployment in the legal and dispute resolution sphere. So not only will conferences go virtual, as they've already done, but I would prognosticate that we'll see an exponential increase in dispute resolution, hearings, taking of evidence, etc., going virtual. This has pretty much been covered, but do you think the importance of technology has been amplified since the COVID-19 outbreak? If so, how has the use of Zoom, the deployment of drones and the increased use of chatbots gained prominence? For sure. I mean, I would say yes to all those series of questions. And we know the law is a microcosm of human social activity or interactivity in general. And we are seeing a huge quantum leap in deployment and use of technology for communication. What do you think of Justice Coleman's recent use of telephone conferencing as a solution where a physical hearing was not possible for health reasons? Is this an obvious solution that we should utilise more? I would have thought so. I mean, we already have the technology and the technology has been available for some years. It's just human inertia or attachment to hitherto physical interaction that has retarded our adoption or adaptation of that technology. Today, given the unavoidable necessity for social distancing, we've had to invoke it. And I think it's a very good thing because it would enable us to carry on conducting essential human activity in a safe environment. Do you think we'll see the use of e-filing soon in Hong Kong? I would have thought so too. There's no reason why that should not happen. And it's been happening in a number of jurisdictions, particularly in mainland China. So they're ahead of us. And therefore, in Hong Kong, I suppose is notoriously a laggard in terms of adoption of modern technology. Mainland China has done a quantum leap. They've done a, if you like, a generational leap. And I see absolutely no reason why we can't catch up to that level. What kind of silver linings should lawyers be looking to right now? I think we've covered that already, mostly. 
because we will be hopefully much more ecologically friendly because there'll be much less reliance on paper, which hopefully would retard deforestation. We will conduct both hearings and conferences in a virtual sphere. It would also, apart from reduction of use of paper, it would also reduce travel and by necessary consequence, it would reduce pollution, it would reduce environmental degradation, it would help to even slow down climate change and slow down degradation of our biosphere. I mean, the change of mindset is perhaps the most necessary revolutionary change because without that change of mindset, we would go on uh, our hitherto destructive path and basically commit suicide because without the environment, we can't survive as a species. Silver linings indeed. Yeah, indeed, indeed. (laughs) Okay, so all major industries have buckled in the wake of COVID-19. And for some countries, they have seen the most extensive travel restrictions imposed since World War II. This has led to a drastic drop in carbon emissions. For example, levels in New York have fallen by 50%. Will this lead to a lasting change or just temporary relief? Is this nature's way of redressing the balance? I think that's the $64 trillion question. Nobody's got a crystal ball. We all hope this will translate into a wake-up call and remind everyone that we live on a finite planet. We are like this tiny little spaceship hurtling through the universe, which sustains us. But if we carry on our hitherto self-destructive mode, we're going to lose that spaceship. And that's it. That's curtains for everybody, except, I suppose, microbes. They will survive. (laughs) Is it encouraging to see how China is taking the lead globally on policy to prevent future outbreaks? How have the geopolitical dynamics shifted as a result of the coronavirus? I think it is because China has harnessed the technology breakthroughs that it has engineered in terms of 5G, in terms of AI. And obviously, the jury is still out as to how we arrive at an optimal balance. This is a trade-off. Clearly, people would look with legitimate concern in terms of erosion of privacy, in terms of data sharing, and so on. But in all fields of human activity, the containment and hopefully overcoming of the pandemic, the idea of striking proportionality or balance is essential. So this, this notion of proportionality I think is now built into our way of looking at policy decisions, which I think is a healthy thing. And I think it will inevitably shift the geopolitical balance because nothing is static, whether in society or in history. I mean, there is no such thing as we know as the end of history. And even Francis Fukuyama has readily conceded that point. So the idea that in 1989 we have reached the ultimate point of human or social evolution is a mirage. We are not there. We'll never be there so long as human beings survive as a species. So we need to strive towards a balanced, proportionate outcome, which is fair and equitable, which also enables 
us to live together as a community, whilst, of course, respecting individual rights and freedoms. But even the most ardent advocates of human rights would accept that the principle of proportionality also applies. Because we do live in society as a community and no man or woman or human being is an island. So we interact. And even hermits or in the old days, uh, mountain men in the Rockies in the 19th century still have to come down to town to trade fur pelts for necessary tools of survival, such as gunpowder, such as grain, and so on. So we know that the human being is a social animal. And we hope that this crisis we are currently in the vortex of will act as a wake-up call to remind us that we do live as one big family and we have to balance these competing interests in a way which is fair and protective of all. New studies on the complex interconnection between species, ecosystems and human society raise critical questions as to our treatment of the planet. And it looks like it requires a complete rethink. It has been said that we need to understand what the critical control points are of zoonotic spillover, i.e. from wildlife to humans, if we are to combat this virus. Destroying habitats are a cause, so it follows that restoring habitats is a solution. What are your thoughts? Yes, I'm with you on that. Obviously, this is an extremely complex question. Indeed, and it is a complex question which would not justify a simple answer because the ecosystem is so interconnected and so complex. So it's really the flutter of the butterfly wings in the Amazonian jungle, which affects the rest of us. So we know that the human species is, I suppose, arguably at this stage of our evolution, the most successful of species, apart from, as were insects and microbes, which outnumber us. But we have to move away from an anthropomorphic view of the universe and of life. Human beings are not, as it were, superior to other species. We are one of many species. And I think there's a growing wave of consciousness which treats us as equal to the other species. We need each other. And therefore, whilst we know extinctions will happen and carry on, we have to again, arrive at some form of sustainability. Otherwise, we won't survive. And therefore, this idea of unchecked urbanization or unchecked anthropomorphic dominion over other species and our environment is something that leads us very, very quickly and inexorably towards catastrophe. We understand that now, hopefully. I know we've in a sense, always understood it intellectually. But in order to internalize it and existentialize it is a very different challenge. And that's something we hope the present crisis would help to unblock, as it were, this mental straitjacket and free us into thinking in much more open, creative and constructive ways. Mm -hmm. 